Welcome to our weekly energy update with Investec Head of Commodities, Callum McPherson. Good morning, Callum. Good morning, Lam. Brent has set fresh highs this morning at over $86 per barrel. And your 2022 oil hedging considerations note is being circulated to clients this morning. What are the key themes and messages from it? And what should we be looking out for this year? Thanks. Well, I think one of the key things we identify on the demand side really is uh, jet fuel and the importance of that to the continued demand recovery. We've certainly got uncertainty over Omicron to deal with, and potentially that's particularly an an issue for China. Um, On the supply side, we've got uh, to think about OPEC plus uh, capacity to continue increasing their outputs and US growth in outputs that may come this year, and the possibility of Iranian crude coming back into the market. Then there's uh, the technical side of things, which sort of technical levels the market's looking at, um, how the market is positioned, what the speculators are doing, and also the possible risk of a correction in equity markets and the effect that could have on, uh, on oil. And how disrupted is jet fuel still? Well, if we look at uh, the International Energy Agency's um, estimates and and forecasts around this. In uh, 2019, they estimated jet fuel demand to be just under 8 million barrels per day, so around 8% of uh, global oil demand, total oil demand. And whereas in 2020, that dropped to just under 5 million barrels per day and and only rose slightly last year, according to their their estimates. Uh, And that's in contrast to oil demand excluding jet fuel, uh, which last year was only slightly down on on 2019 levels. And this year, they're projecting that will be higher than 2019 levels. Whereas they are expecting um, jet fuel demand to increase by a million barrels per day this year versus last year. But that'll still be down 20% on the 2019 figure. And I think long haul flying is really the key here because that uses a disproportionate amount of fuel compared to uh, short haul and uh, domestic flying. Um, now, it's very hard to look at what the impact of Omicron might be because that's obviously the the key thing that is making things particularly challenging for jet fuel and because of the movement restrictions whereas of course uh, land transport has recovered and uh, we we know that things in South Africa the Omicron uh, variant uh, passed through relatively quickly and wasn't uh, hugely damaging but uh, and, and that seems to be the case in, in Europe as well, although it's we're still not through it yet. So it's, it's, it's too early to be absolutely sure. And, and maybe that will be the pattern will be repeated elsewhere. I mean, obviously, we hope so. But um, but it's hard to be sure because we've got different demographic mixes in different countries. You've got different levels of vaccine uptake, different vaccines being used. Um, so it's really hard to know exactly how it's going to play out. And if there are problems in particular countries, what the policy response to that will be, what kind of movement restrictions they might introduce. And of course, it takes two to tango on a long haul flight. You've got to consider restrictions at both ends. So it's incredibly hard, I think, to really work out what the impact of Omicron might be. I'm sure we'll have a much better understanding either way over the next couple of months. You highlighted the risk of Omicron in China particularly. How worrying is that? Well, I think we're already seeing the impacts of uh, China's COVID policies and, and, and the repeated lockdowns uh, c- connected with outbreaks of COVID 
Uh, now with the Omicron, but I guess before that with the Delta variant anyway, uh, coming through into the economic data. So we had growth figures today, um, which were the weakest since 2020's quarterly growth figures. There's been a cut in interest rates. So it's already having a, an, an impact. Uh, and I think the worrying scenario is it would be that the, the Chinese authorities find that the lockdowns can't stop the spread of Omicron. Um, and on top of that, if the vaccines the Chinese vaccines prove not to be very effective against it. Some reports seem to suggest they, they won't be. Um, then, then there could be a real challenge. And we have to bear in mind that China consumes about 15% of global oil demand, um, whereas we were just talking about, about jet fuel and a million barrels per day here and there. And of course, a million barrels per day is only 1% of global oil demand. So it, it's, it's pretty clear that if, if there is a big problem in China, it won't really matter too much what's going on in in terms of jet fuel demand elsewhere. Um, but, but I mean, that would be a, a, a problem for, for oil prices. So, yes, I think I think that is a, a significant tail risk for the market. And let's take a look at supply. What are the key points here? Well, unless we have a demand shock, um, then the question could be around probably later this year about the ability of OPEC plus to continue increasing its out is doing this at a fairly steady rate um, but of course over time that does build up to a significant increase uh, in output and we know that Saudi Arabia has got a lot of spare capacity other members of OPEC plus are, are much more constrained and we've had problems with production uh, even last year with with uh, Kazakhstan and Nigeria not reaching their levels of output now until now the OPEC plus have been very proud to say that they've been over complying with cuts and going the extra mile to to rebalance the markets and and so that they were able to put a positive spin on on over compliance with with cuts but i think if we are seeing demand continuing to grow and prices are going higher then over compliance uh, frankly is going to be looked at as a failure rather than a rather than a, something to be proud of Similarly, there are questions about U.S. outputs, um, the uh, shale production recovery that we've seen to some, some extent last year and, and that forecasters are expecting to continue into this year has been very heavily dependent upon putting wells that have already been drilled but not put into production in 2019 and before now putting those into production. Um, and that, that's been great for the uh, shale producers um, so far, so they've been able to increase production or replace um, declining other fields uh, without having to, to do more drilling. Um, but that can only go on for so long. And, and these drilled but uncompleted wells, as they're called, are now at uh, low levels on an historic basis. And the problem is that um, the US shale uh, producers obviously had a very difficult time of it over, over COVID. Um, they, they had an approach which was very much concentrated on drilling lots of wells and producing lots of oil, not necessarily producing good returns for shareholders. Um, so they've been much more disciplined in recent times. Uh, and that brings into question whether whether and how, how much oil they're going to be able to produce this year. So so that's that's another that's another thing to think about. Um, on the other hand, we have the possibility of Iranian crude coming back into the market. Um, it's, it's really hard to know what's actually going on behind the, the scenes and the, the discussions. Um, certainly the public statements don't sound very positive at all. But my sort of simple logic is, is that both sides have such a high vested interest in getting a deal done that uh, maybe they will manage to, to get something done in the end. But uh, how long that takes um, 
we we don't know. It's very it's very hard to tell. But yes, Iranian crude can, could come back at some point in the year, but it's probably only going to add a million barrels per day or something like that. So it's not it's not a big uh, not necessarily a big issue for the market. And for marketing positioning and technical levels. Uh, well, this is where our report is already slightly out of date because the uh, Brent, as you say, rallied uh, strongly this morning and uh, uh, broke the October high uh, only by one cent, so 0.1 um, dollars per barrel above the October October high. Um, but nevertheless, it, ha- it has broken it, and so that's now the highest level since uh, since 2018. But it, but it was only slightly higher than that in 2018. Uh, so so essentially, in in 2018, 2021, and 2022, we now have highs of around 86.70. Now to to see higher levels than that, we actually have to go back to 2014, which is when Brent fell from over. Uh, $100 per barrel and and continued going down actually but but nevertheless if if we break this out of this 8670 area so let's say we go up through 90 or so, or, or, or through the high 80s then there isn't really a lot in, in terms of technical levels between there and and $100 per barrel which is a tantalizing prospect um now if we look at speculative uh, positioning so you might think oh well okay the market's uh, been rallying strongly recently so speculators must be pretty long uh, the market, um, but actually they're not. Um, speculative positions on Brent or WTI are only around half what they were in 2018. So from that point of view, there might be quite quite a lot of room uh, for speculators to push the market higher if they really get behind um, a, a move um, up, through the, up through the high 80s. Um, so I think overall for the oil market, there's there's quite a lot to be positive about o- over the next year, but there are also some 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 significant risks, um, namely Omicron, particularly in China, and also actually the possibility of a, of a correction coming from equities. Equities, of course, have been rallying for for a long time, and if uh, if if we do get a, a correction in equities, you know, generally oil will be correlated with with, with that decline. Thank you, Callum. We'll chat again next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to Investec's weekly energy update with Callum McPherson. If you would like to discuss any of the contents of the podcast, drop Callum an email on callum.mcpherson at investec.co.uk or visit investec.com forward slash commodities. Until next week, thank you.